0: Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion
1: and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator.
0: Right. Well, in honor of National Women's Day, yeah, amen. I want to bring up the one woman that we have so far on the pulpit ministry. Please put your hands together and welcome your minister, Melissa Sims. got you got some representation. Is that your whole family on this section? Now so so that you know we go way, way, way back. Melissa was the first the first person to join my wife and I when we started in youth ministry. And so we started the youth ministry together and we've been together ever since. so here's my sister give it up one more time give God some glory and welcome
1: I'm sorry (laughs) I'm totally messed up (laughs) but not for the reason that he thinks I'm messed up because, you know, many of you don't know me. I am scared out of my mind right now. (laughs) And one of the reasons that I'm scared is, you know, I said to Pastor George on Wednesday, I said, you know, Pastor George, because he had asked me to be on this pulpit ministry thing, and I kept saying, no, 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 because I sing. I'm not a preacher. I sing. I know how to sing. People have told me that I can sing. That's what I do. But I told him that if if you see something in me that God is trusting you with, then I'm going to trust you and I'm going to step out in that. And even still, I was afraid. I said, Lord, you know, this is a kind of strong message that you gave me. And, um, you know, what if, what if people, you know, are, get angry at me or offended? Or what if, you know, what if they walk out? Or what if, you know, and I got really scared. So imagine how it felt as I was walking up here and people just supporting me in that way. So thank you for that. Okay. (laughs) All right, I got my blessing today, so that's enough. Anyway, I've known for about a month that I was going to speak today. Pastor George told me, you know, it's this National Woman's Day, will you do it? And I did it just because it's him and because I want to support him and because I told you it's not what I do, okay? So if everything flops today, you know that this is not what I normally do. Anyway, and I said, Lord, give me something, give me something. And I have to tell you, until last Sunday, I had nothing, 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 nothing. I was reading, I was praying, I was talking to people, and I was like, I've got nothing, nothing. And then on Sunday, something happened to me as Manny was worshiping. And all I knew is that I've been excited to come to church every Sunday since Pastor George started this series on the names of God. Because as he's been preaching on the names of God, even though I know many of them, it's just been increasing my faith. It's like getting to know a lover in a more intimate way or a husband or a partner in a more intimate way. That you get to know something more about them that you didn't know. And I realized on Sunday that God was working out something in me. And that thing that he was working out in me was trust. Because this year has been very difficult for me. I've lost um, several people that I love. I have friends that are terminally ill. Um, Just... I've had difficulty in my marriage. And I've asked my husband if I could share. Is that okay, husband, if I share a little bit? Okay. So <laughs> I had difficulties in my marriage this year. And I really worked through a lot of difficult, tough things. And I realized that God was saying to me, do you trust me? And there have been times in my life where I've had to trust God. And I've been a Christian for a long time. And there's always times that there come to trust But there's a type of trust that comes when you have nothing else. And sometimes that picture that the Lord gave me as I came up here last Sunday and I had to trust him with a family member that I love. I came to this altar and I just lifted up my hands and I just started to sing as loud as I could, praise as loud as I could. From the innermost depths of my soul, I just began to cry out because there was nothing else that I can do. And in that moment, he gave me a picture. And the picture was this. Kelly? I don't know, can you see that? It's a little person. I kind of picked it because it had pink sleeves. I don't know if it's a man or a woman. But the person is ice climbing. And that's the picture that I got when I was there before the Lord and there was nothing else. When he said, Melissa, sometimes trust is like this. A sheer vertical ice drop. Will you trust me and keep climbing forward? So this morning I pray that you'll join me on my journey because what I'm going to talk about today is the journey that God has put me on and that I'm still walking. And right now I'm kind of about there like that little man, woman or whoever it is. But I pray that this morning you'll take me, help me along my journey. And it's a little scary and I'm still a little nervous. So I'm just going to ask Sandy to come. She doesn't know what I'm going to ask her to do. But I know this is something that's not easy for her. And I said, Sandy, will you trust me? So, Sandy, I'm just going to ask you, can you pray for me this morning and for us today? She doesn't like public speaking, but we're all going to do a little something today. Father God, I just thank you for this day, Lord God. And I lift up my sister, Melissa, to you, Lord. And I just pray, Father, that you would speak to her, Lord God. And that, Father, not one person will walk out here the same that they walked in, Lord God, but that they will walk out different, Lord. That they will walk out with a deeper trust in you, Lord, Father God. Lord, I thank you for today, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that you've touched Pastor George, Lord God. And I just lift up this church to you, Lord God. I lift up Melissa to you right now, Lord. And I just pray, Father, that you would give her a peace in her heart, Lord God, so that she can get this message through, Lord God. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you. So I got this picture of ice climbing, right? And I said, oh, that's it. That's what God wants me to tell. There's something in the ice climbing, And the thing that caught my attention as I started researching what ice climbing, I I don't know anything about ice climbing, but as I started researching it, I found a warning. And I want to give you a warning this morning. This is what they say when you're going to start ice climbing. There are inherent risks in ice climbing, and most of the climbs described here will at times be unsafe due to potential snow avalanches. The Parks Canada Agency has done its best to provide accurate information and to describe the avalanche terrain characteristics typical of each climb. However, it is up to the users of this information to learn the necessary skills for ice climbing, access additional trip planning materials, and to exercise caution while traveling in the backcountry of any national park they warn you before you set out on this journey that it may be difficult. And I want to warn you today that what God may ask you to do today may be very difficult before we go any further. I looked up trust and it said, it's a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. And I said, but God, I've I've trusted you along this way. I trusted you to heal my son. I trusted you to provide finances. I've trusted you that my father would be saved way back. But there have still been times when it's been difficult for me to trust. Anybody here have ever had trouble? Thank you. Thank you. Difficult trusting. Well, I did. And I said, well, why, why has it been so hard for me to trust you at times, Lord? Why? And I asked my kids, I said, Caleb, do you trust God? Well, first I asked Hannah, Hannah, do you trust God? She said, yes. I said, why? She said, I don't know. She just did. And then I asked Caleb, I said, Caleb, do you trust God? And he said, yes. And I said, why? He said, because I love him. Very simple, I love him, he loves me, I trust him. Kind of like a mom and a dad, I trust him. But see, those kids haven't gone through stuff. They haven't experienced life like we have. They haven't lost the very person that they love the dearest. They didn't have someone walk out on them. They've never had someone molest them or rape them or abuse them or wound them. They've never been disappointed, maybe a little disappointed. They've never been rejected. They've never been wounded in that way. They've never been so fearful because someone has always stood by their side. But we as adults, we've gone through some serious stuff, right? I remember when my father walked out the door when I was 10, I remember climbing on my bed and looking out the window as he pulled out of the driveway. And all I felt in that moment was, I can't believe that he chose them and not me. He rejected me. He chose another life. And he didn't. He chose, he didn't choose us. And I watched him go and it just devastated me. It devastated me, and I remember there have been times when things didn't work out, like when I expected to be married by the age of 25, have my first kid by the age of 30, and of course at the same time have a doctorate and this high six-figure salary. Well, it didn't work out that way, and I remember being angry and sinning in my anger because it didn't work out the way that I wanted to. I was really disappointed because I saw everybody, even the ugliest of the ugly, get married before me. It's true. And everybody can say it. And I remember my cousin calling me the, why am I saying all this? It's not even in here. I remember my cousin calling me the menopause lady every time he would see me, Mo, you hit menopause yet? And I remember people saying that I was going to be the one to take over in the church. Even the person in the church that was like the super single got married before me. So I was like, oh great, now it's me. But it was hard to trust those times that God would take care of those things for me. Those were mountain experiences in my life. So that's why sometimes it is hard to trust because we have these pains and these hurts and these hardships and the things that we've walked through. Another reason why it's difficult for us to trust is because sometimes things change and our lives change or the people change. You know, in snow climbing, they have something called the eights and it's the avalanche terrain something or other. And what the eights does is that it tells you this, this trail is is gonna have this percentage of an avalanche and if you go this way, you have this percentage of an avalanche. Why anyone would climb knowing there's any percentages beyond me? But they use this to know where, it is, where it's safe to climb. And the, the disclaimer says, avalanche hazards are the most significant threat to ice climbers. The vast majority of routes are exposed to avalanche hazards often for extended period of time. The simple fact that water flows and freezes in gullies makes ice climbing roots natural terrain traps. And I don't know about you, but that time in my life when I was trusting God for a husband, guess what? I fell into one of those traps. I decided, well, everybody thinks I'm sleeping with my husband anyway. God's not gonna give me what I want, so I went ahead and I did it. It worked out for me. I don't suggest it for anybody else. But I sinned, and in that sin there was lots of pain, and there was lots of heartache, and there was lots of sorrow. But it simply happened because I didn't trust God for my life. And I'm thankful that that experience alone didn't harden me and wipe me out from trusting in God. Because a lot of Christians, and I'm sure we all know people who have times, because of their disappointment, because of their hurt, because of the pain, have been wiped out. And they've just said, I'm not going to that church. But what they don't realize is many of them have said, it's not the church that they're rejecting. It's God that they're saying, I don't trust God anymore in my life. And they walk away and they they become bitter and angry along that way. So sometimes there are these avalanches, these trials in our lives that threaten to wipe us out if we allow them to. You know, it's easy to trust God when everything is going well, right? when we have money in the bank, our kids are healthy, we're healthy, uh our family is together, you know, or you're in love, right? Isn't it easy to trust God when those things are happening, when everything is just smooth sailing, right? And we all come across those mountains and many of us who are seasoned and have had to walk in the Lord and walk through some things, we've come to times maybe when someone died, or our kid was sick in the hospital, or we had to have surgery, you know, or we were afraid because we got a diagnosis that, you know, the doctors were saying something about and we were nervous, and we've had to climb and maybe people supported us and prayed for us or visited us or encouraged us. Those are those mountains. But there's something about mountains. You always have the valleys and the mountains. and the, We've probably gone through that. But this morning, the kind of faith that I pray God would move in you today is that mountain-moving, foundation-shaking kind of faith that looks like that vertical limit. See, I'm talking about the kind of faith that when you've been told that you have a terminal illness, that you will say, God, I will serve you. I will trust you. I'm talking about the kind of faith that when you lose the very thing that you thought you needed to hold on to and cling to, You say, God, I'm going to keep walking and I'm going to trust you. I'm talking about the kind of faith that when you lose your job and you can't find another one because you don't have the right education or because you haven't had the right training and you have a family to support and maybe you don't have a husband with you, That's the kind of faith that I'm praying that God will birth in our church because I believe that God has great plans and visions and dreams from our church. But we can't go there unless we have that kind of faith that can move mountains. So the kind of faith that I'm talking about today is the kind of faith that will cause you to blindly say, yes, Lord, I will trust you. I will walk. I will do. It's a faith that brings in action. Because it's easy to say, oh yeah, I trust God. But it's another thing to start stepping out in action. And that's the kind of faith I pray that we'll get to to do. The other thing that keeps us from having faith is ourselves. I can tell you one of my biggest areas, and I'm just going to be really naked before you today, one of my biggest areas where I've had to trust God in is in my finances. And I'll say, I haven't trusted God in my finances you know, I think I have, but what I do is I say, okay, okay, honey, here, let's, let's make a budget, let's make a spreadsheet, we're going to do this, and, and we're going to do that, and okay, and I'll go to a financial planner. And I've gone to every spreadsheet, every financial advisor, I've read Susie Orman, I've read the Christian guys, I've read everything else, and I have taken certain things in my life and whatever, and I do tithe, but I've never fully abandoned myself and said, God, you are my safety net, and you know how I know this? because I have all of this plastic stuff. And these are only, I realized, oh, I only have three in my wallet. That's because I've taken out ones that I just keep in a drawer. I wish I had bought them. But I've created this plastic safety net underneath me. Instead of saying, God, I trust you with my finances and I'm going to be a good steward with them and I'm not going to spend what I don't have and I'm not going to do what you haven't called me to do with my money. So now that you all know, now I'm in big trouble. But that's... (laughs) One area that really God has been speaking to me about? And I get in my own way. I think I can do this by myself. You know, I can, I can do this. I can do this. And I set up things and I, and I, and I do things to, to help me do it. But God is not asking me to help him. He's asking me to get out of his way so that he can be my strength, so that he can be my safety net, so that he can be my cushion and my source and my strength and my provision. And all those names that we've been hearing about, well, that's what God's been speaking to me on my journey. So now you know some of the things that keep us, right, from from truly trusting in God. And some of you may even be saying, well, that's fine and well, Melissa, but yeah, that's true, I do have that, but what am I going to do with it? I'm happy you asked. Because I'm going to tell you. How do you do it? How do you trust in God? Well, this is how I've had to do it. Remember, this is my journey. It's all about me today. But how do you do it? The first thing that I've had to do, and that I did even on Sunday with a situation, it's my family member here, with my family is I just had to surrender the situation to him. You see, I have a cousin who I love dearly. And I pray if you ever listen to this, you're not offended. But I love her dearly. And she has chosen, instead of good counsel, instead of what she knows is true, she has chosen to put herself and her children back in a relationship where there are drugs, where there is abuse, where there is criminal activity. I don't know where she is. I just know the state where she is. And I said, come back. I'll help you. I'll take the kids to school. My husband, said, uh, my husband said, I'll take them to school. I said, I'll stay with them. I'll cook meals for you. I'll hold them. You just have to come. I'll help you. Other family members said, I'll help you. Well, guess what? I can't force her to change. I can't force her to choose God. But I can go to God and say, God save her. God help her. God protect those children I can love her instead of yelling at her every time she calls me. I can be there ready if she's ready to walk through the doors. And I can try with all my strength not to slap her silly the next time I see her. I got to trust, right? So the first thing you have to do today, if you're struggling in an area of your life and only you know what it is, I don't is to trust him, is to just say, God, I surrender. I surrender my emotions, my feelings, my body, my hang-ups, my insecurities, my my mistrust issues. I surrender it to you, God. I'm going to give it to you because I know that I've tried it my way. I've tried help. But I'm going to give you because I can't do it. And then start to walk as if God has changed the very thing that you're hoping he'll change, even though it's not. Now to some of you, you'd say, well, that's being a hypocrite. That's lying. That's, that's you know, let's say I have a problem with somebody, and I'm just going, and I'm not speaking to them, but, you know, uh, when I see them, I'm going, hi, how are you? And hugging them and, and shaking their hand. Did I say that trusting was going to be easy? I'll tell you, I've had difficulties sometimes. There are people who have hurt me. But you know what I've done? I've said, God, help me not to take it as an offense. Help me not to take it personally. Help me to walk on your word and who your word has told me to be. And as I have begun to step, God has met me there. See, it's not being a hypocrite. It's standing on the word of God and what he has said that he will do. And that's how I felt. And I've walked through that. There have been people who have hurt me, sure. And i got to tell you publicly, should should that man walk through the door, yes, I will have to go and shake his hand and say hello, because God has called me to be Christ-like. God has called me to be love. God has called me to be compassionate. Do I like it? No. Do I feel it? No, but I trust in God that he will give me the strength to do it. I trust in God that someday it's not going to hurt. I trust in God that maybe as I step out, that person will be transformed and changed, not because of me, but because of Christ in me. So it's not being a hypocrite. It's just being who you are in Christ. See, sometimes you have to step out, and it's painful, and it hurts. That climb, that's not easy. Can you imagine the muscles that it takes to hold on to those axes? It's not like rock climbing that you get a little wedge. you got to kick your feet in, and you got to begin to press. But one of the things I learned about ice climbing, they have these things on the bottom of their boots, and they're called C a c r a m p o n s. it sounds funny. Crampons, that's <laughs> what they're called. And they're these little steel plates with the, with the spikes in them. And what happens is, as you climb, you, you press in your boot. The beauty of it is that the ice serves as a protection. Because the ice is so thick that says, even if a few centimeters are in it, it's enough to support you. The other beautiful thing... Is that the word tells us that if our faith is as large as a mustard seed, have you ever seen a mustard seed? It's tiny. I wanted to put them on little cards and give them all of, to all of you, but I have to admit the thought of pasting those tiny little things to all those cards. I was, no, 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 they'll just have to picture it. But it's tiny. But I promise you, I promise you that if you begin to step out in obedience to God, He will meet you. And the beautiful thing about ice climbing, you know that eighth scale I told you about? The reason they're able to know that which path is the most dangerous is because the terrain underneath the ice never changes. And doesn't that sound like someone you know? Because God has promised that He will never ever ever changed he promised that he will be the same yesterday today and forever he promised to trust in him and he will abide in you and that's how I know and I can tell you he will meet you because he has met me today that very same person that I felt abandoned and rejected by my father I have an awesome relationship with my father and guess what I built that he didn't come looking for me he didn't call me he didn't send me pretty letters. What he did was to say he would show up and didn't. That's what he did. Or when he did show up, wonder why I wasn't there when he told me two seconds before and I got yelled at. But today, I am so thankful because I prayed for him and today he serves God, he worships God with a passion. Today he calls me from the Dominican Republic just to say that I love you and pray for me because he knows that I'm preaching today. Today, he believes and trusts. Why? Because I began to pray. Because I began to say, this is the kind of relationship I want from my father and trusted God that even though he rejected me before, that he was going to be there. And I'm so thankful. And I can say that I have a wonderful, wonderful relationship with my father. And he is my hero. Because I see the great ways that he climbs now. And he's climbing and he's struggling. And I'm looking at him and I'm saying, that's my hero. Some of us need to find help. We need to find help, we're not strong enough on our own. We need to find people that will pray with us, that will say, I can't do it, I can't let go of this. Yes you can and I'm gonna help you. You need to get out of a relationship, I'm here. I'm going to be here when you need to cry, when you need to scream. If you need money for groceries, I'm going to give you the money for the groceries. I'm going to help you pack the things. Some of us need help because sometimes we struggle in our faith. We need that, that kind of faith. Like remember um, Moses, when, they were, when the Israelites were fighting, there came Aaron. I think it was Aaron and Joshua. Correct, Gary? Aaron and who? Her. Her. Aaron and her, sorry. Aaron and her who came and he needed help because when his arms were up, the army was doing well. But when he, his arms went down, the Israelites came. We need help, people that are gonna help. And what they did is they held each of his arms so that it could stand up throughout the battle. Sometimes when we can't pray because we're hurting so badly, we need people that are gonna fast. Wow, I haven't heard that word in a long time. Fast, suffer, sacrifice, put their faith into action and support those that we love. Some of us need to ask for that help. It's okay to ask for help. Today, if you need help, confess what it is. There's such a freedom in confessing what it is. Because then you have people that will hold you accountable. Then you have people who will help you, who will pray with you and hopefully not judge you. Amen? in love, amen? Some of us can't climb like that and get up that mountain. The other way we have to start helping us, we find help, we step out in faith. The other thing we have to do is stop trying to climb the mountain the same way. Many of us keep trying to climb that mountain of faith the same way and... We keep expecting to get the same result. It's kind of like an addict. They go through rehab, they come out of rehab, and then they say, oh, I can smoke a little bit of weed, or I can take a drink, I'm different now. I'm stronger now. And what happens to them? They fall right back where they started. And we see it on TV, people go back to rehab, and back to rehab, and back to rehab. It's because they keep trying to climb it the same way, and they expect a different result. How many of you, me, You know, all about my relationships today, but so many times I, I dated these guys that I knew weren't right for me. Why? Because they couldn't take care of themselves, let alone take care of me, a wife. But I kept getting into these relationships because I kept trying to solve the problem the same way. In ice climbing, it says fixation on specific roots will lead to trouble. Be open minded. Well researched, with options, and willing to retreat and try again. You know what? The reason that I was able to build that relationship with my dad is because even when I said I love you, Dad, and there was no I love you at the other end, I kept trying, and I kept trying, and I kept trying. And now, if you know my dad, I get so much mush. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's really. I mean, my father kisses men today. Not well, you know, on the cheek. He calls them darling and all that stuff. But you know, um, be open-minded. Don't keep trying to get the same result. Be willing to try another way. And I think about marriage when I think about that, right? My husband, if you know him, he doesn't talk. I love to talk, that's all I do. I love words, I love to talk. I, like, I wanna have like deep conversations with him. And you know, my husband would say to me, what do you want me to talk about? Now, how many of you know? That's a big problem, right? So I kept sitting him down. I bought cards, conversation cards. Oh, this will do it. This will open him up. And I took out the conversation cards and and what is your greatest dream? And he would say, ah, oh, da, da da, two words. Okay. So I bought conversation cards, I tried playing games, I tried, you know, you don't talk to me. If you know that I need this, why don't you love me? You must not care for me. And I whined, and I complained, and I got hard, and I got angry, and I got bitter. And then one day I said, this ain't working for me very well. I said, I choose marriage, right? I've I've decided I'm gonna do this, so I need to do something about it, right? I started reading books. I put myself in a support group. And one day I got really convicted. You see, I had been thinking all about my own needs. Let alone think, oh, he has a need? Ooh. Isn't he just put on this earth to serve me? You know, but and that's not what I thought, but that was the way I was behaving. Right? It was all about me. Well, I have to tell you and this might be a little bit sharing too much information, but I have to tell you, I, I started doing things a little differently. I started saying, oh honey, when you get a chance, could you take out the garbage? And not, um, and just, when you get a chance. And I didn't nag him about it. I didn't look to see if the garbage was still there. I didn't um, like, <sighs> and keep walking away. And then when he brought the garbage down, I said, oh, thank you so much because I hate that smelly garbage and I gave him a kiss. And then I began to sit with him and spend time with him and be more affectionate physically because that was his need. Well, guess what happened? (laughs) It's been awesome. I don't have to ask him to take out the garbage. I don't have to ask him. My husband gets up and he warms up my car before I go to work. Did I ever ask him to do that? No. My husband... Hmm. Sorry. My husband, when he knows I'm going to preach, will say, let me pray for you. Did I ask him to do that? He'll sit there and let me preach to him first so I can get comfortable. He does things, he's meeting my needs even before I know there a need. Is he perfect? No, but neither am I. But I got to tell you, when I stopped trying to do things the way that I thought they needed to be done, then God could step in as I submitted. Because you know, sometimes as wives we say, well, why should I be affectionate? Well, why should I spend time with him? Well, I <laughs> But that's all I was getting in my marriage. <laughs> I didn't mean to talk all about that, but <laughs> so, but that's, that's when God met me. That's when God, when I was able to just be open-minded and try things again. For some of you, one of the ways to get that mountain climbing faith that we saw, that iceberg faith. And I don't know who this is that I need to tell this to today, but when I was in my room, this, this phrase just kept pouring and pouring and pouring. And it's, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up, don't give up on your dreams, your hopes, Whatever it is that you know God doesn't want to give you, that you've been struggling with and holding on to, don't give up. You see, it might not happen when you expect it to happen. My relationship with my dad took years, years. It didn't happen right away, okay? My marriage didn't get great right away. We've been married now seven years, seven years last Monday, seven years But now it's great and sometimes it'll take time and it'll take pressing in. You know, these people that I say don't give up to are people who have gone through that mountain and I see that picture of that axe. You know those two double axes that are going, Uh, And sometimes our Christian walk feels like that, where it says don't give up, don't give up. You know why? Because as you continue to hack at that ice, as you begin to kick at that ice, as you begin to walk, your breakthrough is right over the summit. You're really close. You're really close. So this morning, whoever it is that I'm saying this to, don't give up because your breakthrough is right there. What you didn't think you can do, you're going to be able to do because God is saying go, climb, you can do it. It's not that hard. I'm with you. I'm here. Just hear the voice of the Lord this morning. Don't give up. And some of you today are going to need to do the hardest thing that God has ever asked you to do. The hardest thing that God has ever asked you to do. I'm going to ask my friends to come up. I chose some people today to help me illustrate this in the best way. So I'm gonna ask them to come. I'm gonna ask them to come. It's okay, Joe, I got him, he's here. I asked Joe to be on standby. Joe, my husband says, Joe, come. Okay, you're gonna put, you do, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's not put Sandy and, and okay, okay. All right. Arrange them differently, but I chose these people because these are people who have been key people in my life, who when things have gotten very hard, they've been with me, when things, they have been strong, and they've got to be strong now, but when things have gotten very difficult, and at different times, I have respected their walks, I have respected them, and I am thankful that I can call them friend. So this morning, some of you need to just do this. Some of you need to do that today. And let me tell you, that's hard for me to do because I'm afraid of heights. But some of you need to just let go. But I gotta tell you something, when I let go in that moment, there was nothing that was more freeing for me than letting go. Because when I let go, there's nothing left. And I have to trust, I have to believe. And when I let go, that means I can let go of anger, I can let go of fear, I can let go of doubt, I can let go of worry, I can let go of pain, I can let go of hardship, I can let go of mistrust, I can let go of abuse. Why? I believe that there's a God that's going to catch me. He's going to deliver me. He's going to save me. He's going to rescue me. He's going to cause me to rise up, as his word says, like an eagle. This morning, I'm going to ask you to let go. Let go. to do that first because you know what I have to let go I have to let go let go let go this morning God may be calling you to let go of the thing that you hold most dear in your life I had to let go of my family I had to let go of my father I am preparing myself should God decide this to let go of a really good friend. I spent time with her this weekend. The doctors have given her a very bad report. I saw her there this weekend with barely any hair, with her hair in a bandana, curled up in a fetal position, skinnier than I've ever seen her, and I spent a glorious night talking about God. And she telling me about the goodness of God. So God, I trust you that should you decide to take her, that your plans and your purposes will be fulfilled for her children. I trust you with that. I pray that today some of you will let go of habits and addictions, that some of you will let go of relationships that you know are not right for you. I pray that some of you will begin to take steps because, you see, God, when you don't let go, you're like an ice climber, kind of like this. You can't go down and you can't go up. You have to have faith to let go of one arm and keep saying, I can. And I believe here that today many of us are stuck just like this. Because we can't let go. And you know what? You can't. Because I know many of you are inside of saying, but I can't do it. I can't let him go. I can't let her go. I can't let go of my job. I can't trust that I can be in full-time ministry. I can't let go of my kids. I can't let go. I can't. I can't. I can't. And you know what? You're right. You can't. But my word says that the spirit of the living God is within me. And with him, you can. And you know how I know that You can. This is how I know that you can. And today, um, Diana, is it okay if I share a little bit? I should have asked beforehand, right? But today I know that you can because there are people here who have done it and who survived. Because there's people here who have made the ultimate sacrifice and have made it. I look at my grandmother, who I wanted to be here. 82 years old. She just finished burying her second child she buried her husband, she's lost her home, she's living in someone else, but you know what? That lady gets on her knees at 5 o'clock every morning because she knows who her source is. She knows who her provider is. She knows where her help comes from. She's worked it out. And you know what? Because I have a praying grandmother, you see, on a ice climb, there are leaders. There are leaders on the ice climb and what the leader of the climb does is he puts protection in place. He does this thing called belay, belays or whatever and those are poking on the, the, the pulley and the rope, because he's setting up the protection behind him. So I'm thankful that I have a grandmother that prayed, that I have seen mourn and hurt, that she suffers with a heart condition. She does all these things and still says, yes, God, I will serve you. But guess what? Because she has led the way, I can say, wow, she's awesome. She did it. I can do it. And guess what? Here I am preparing the sermon and my daughter comes up to me and she says, mom, I have a song. We have a song, I think I played it for Pastor George, and it goes like this. I lift up my eyes to the hills, where does my help come from? God, may she always know that her help comes from you. You know, recently, I think it was Jennifer, was, we were at a baby shower, and she was helping him to make a little dinosaur. And she turned to me and she said, you know, Melissa, she was encouraging him, don't give up Caleb, you can do it, you can put the dinosaur together. And she said, don't give up. And she looked at him and he said to her, sometimes my mommy gives up, but I'm not going to give up. Why? Because he's heard me say sometimes, oh, I give up. Go ahead. Do whatever you want. Ouch. Right? Ouch. See, we have to climb and we have to be able to climb because the world is watching us. Our children are watching us. And if we can't have this thing called trust in the Lord, how can we expect them to have trust in the Lord and not give up? So I'm thankful for a grandmother that poured out and climbed that mountain so I can climb. I look at my friend Diana, who I love dearly, who lives every day with a terminal illness. Did you know that? But you know what she does? Instead of coming here crying and weak and hurting, does her sickness go away? No. Has it gone away? But she comes up here and she prays this morning. And she said, God, did you see her? Did you see her crying out to God? She comes to me and she says, Mo, how can I help you? I notice you're in this room every Wednesday. Let me be with the kids on Wednesday so you can come and pray. She's not thinking about herself. See, that's a real ice climber. That's a climber that says, I know. Jehovah Rapha, my healer, and I'm working it out. And he may not have healed me yet, but I know that someday he will. And even if he doesn't, I will still serve him. I will climb that mountain and I will go where he asked me to go. There was another woman in my life, my mother. Guess what? When my dad left, she had to work two jobs. She was still brought us to church. I saw her, she didn't, she didn't get angry. She didn't become bitter. What I did, I saw her in the night come home after two jobs when she had to get us up for school and get us out the door and she would begin to cry and she would cry before the Lord. And I saw her many times on this pink and blue couch just crying before the Lord, trusting. You know, a lot of us, A lot of us try to fix it ourselves. My mother didn't show me that what I needed to do, what she needed to do was go out and find a whole bunch of men to take care of her and to take care of us. She didn't show me men coming in and out of our house. She didn't. She showed me the sanctimony of marriage. She showed me that that's a holy covenant, a sovereign covenant, something that you work out. And today, many of us are selling ourselves short. And many men... Why am I saying this? But many men sell themselves short and they get into relationships with women that are not right before God. And my appeal to you is because, you know, as women, sometimes we just want our daddies to take care of us. We want our men to take care of us. This morning, if you are not doing things in God's way, I'm asking you as a man to rise up and share holy, committed, loving relationships with your women. the kind of faith that I'm talking about and that I know why you can do it. This Wednesday, Candace stood and she said, I'm alone, I'm scared, but I am standing on the word of God. You know, to be a single person is very hard. There's no one to hug you, there's no one to hold you, there's no one to share your burdens, everything is on you. But to see her after being mistreated wounded, hurt, stand up and say, I am standing on a, the word of God. I know that she can and that she will and God will bless her for that. See, these are people in my life who I respect and when I'm hurting, when I'm saying, oh, I'm scared because my uncle died this year and, and, and my, my good pastor's wife died this year when I'm scared because now my friend is sick and I'm like oh God don't take her don't take her don't take her God don't take my buddy don't take her Lord but I have to trust that if God calls her then I need to just let go and to love and to give remember that disclaimer I read to you at the beginning of this sermon I'd like to read it a little differently there are inherent risks in your walk of faith with the Lord. Many times, the things he will ask you to do will feel unsafe or frightening due to potential snow avalanches in your life. Like when he asks you to trust him to let go of the very thing you need to hold on to or to keep moving in your pain. Can you trust when you've lost something that can't be replaced? When the very thing that you desire in the depths of your soul will never come to pass. Will you trust him? The Sanctuary Fellowship Pastor George has done his best to provide accurate information and to describe the avalanche terrain characteristics for Christians as presented in the infallible word of God. However, it's up to you, the user of this information to learn the necessary skills for ice climbing, access additional trip planning materials, and to exercise caution as you work out your salvation with the body of Christ. This morning, and the worship team can come, if you are struggling with an issue, if you need strength to let go, if you are in so much pain that you can't even move forward because you feel that it's just too hard, if you feel that God has called you to be a leader and it's time for you to start climbing or if you've been stuck or held back, this morning I ask you to come. I ask you to come. This morning, I say, I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray together because I told you this is my journey that God has been calling me to. But I believe that there are others. I believe that there are others here today that need to say, God, I will let go. God, I will trust you. God, I'm gonna begin to take steps of restoration and relationships. I'm gonna take steps, Lord, out of abusive situations. I'm gonna take steps to live life right. And you know what? It may be painful. But you can do it this morning. With God's help, you can do it. So this morning, if there is anything, anything, anything that you need help with, I'm just going to ask you to come. Just come. Just come. And it may be the hardest walk that you will ever have to make. But just come knowing that he will protect you. He will give you the strength. He will give you the courage. He will give you the hope. He will. He will because he said he would. A lot of times we make excuses. And we put the excuses. I can't because of this. Or I can't because of that. I can't because of this. But God is saying enough excuses. I will catch you. I will hold you. Only you know what you're holding on to and what you need. So I'm just going to ask you this morning to come. And if some of the prayer team could come and help me pray for people. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the
0: web at www.santuaryfellowship.org. God bless.